0: All right, folks, it's Showtime. We're back this week for another episode of the Big o Belt Podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about SummerSlam. I was there. We're going to be talking about CM Punk. And then the big question is, what's next for everything in professional wrestling? Because it's been a crazy week. A lot of uh, things have shifted. And that brings about a lot of questions. So without further ado, let's jump into tonight's episode, folks. It is two James here. Those of the big old belt podcast alongside of my good man Jamal, the giant crab, and hot take, Mr. Hill Will Mahoney himself. The three of us are going to be handling duties tonight, Damien and Mr. Silly Sellers, They're 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 furthering their uh their financials right now will <laughs> work and whatnot. So, you know, we're gonna fully be in supportive of them while they're handling their business. But uh, yeah, we got you all, we got you all, we got some things to talk about. I mean, obviously, this has been a crazy week, so you know we're gonna to have to talk about SummerSlam, gonna to have to talk about NXT, gonna to have to talk about CM Punk and AW folks. So, we got you all covered tonight. Um, if you're listening back to our uh podcast, which you can catch each and every Friday after. We are live each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Um, get your, um, keep up keep up with us on Twitter at BGB group and on our website, biggoldbelt.com. Um, and then also you can catch some other cool things on YouTube as well. So um, yeah, folks, how, how are you two doing tonight?
1: Oh, good, good. No complaints at all.
0: Right away. Back
2: from Vegas. In one piece. You didn't lose it all like Baron Corbin or lose it all, win it
0: back, win it back, lose it again. Can I can I tell you? Can I tell you first of all? I, I listened and folks, I I, I did a halftime on on the show last week. I, I gave a little bit of a report while I was out there, but I was tired. The time lapse It got me. The heat was beating me, so you know I, I was only on half the show, but I listened to the other half, and I heard you all fooling about me. So like I'm definitely here to bust bust you balls tonight because y'all were going for it. But um, I love the fact of what they're doing with Baron Corbin. And I've been saying that, of course, we're blocked for some odd reason. But like I've been saying that like they're in Vegas. They need to go full tilt with this Baron Corbin thing and let him hit the casinos and do what he do. <laughs> and it's funny too, because while it is a gimmick, there's so many other Baron Corbins out there in Vegas. So it's like, and he fits in. So I was like, they need to do this. And the fact that I saw seeing the videos, I was like, Dude, that's so dope. So, like, he's he's doing some of his best work to date, and uh, I, I'm so entertained with it. You know, he puts on mediocre matches, but I, they're safe, and they get the job done. They're transitional as far as Tony, and um, good for him. And I think right now he's having a lot of fun with what he's doing. So, like, I, I, I'm, I'm all buying that. And by all means, I hope he unblocks us one day, because I, I hate Don't. to have to, like, go through, like, the... <laughs> The, the, I, I mean, I, on Instagram, we're good. So I, I kind of got James late, but like, I need, I need, we, we need to be back reinstating on Twitter, man. Whatever we did, I think, I think we're over that. You know, he's back on I'm his not- luck.
2: <laughs> I'm sure for a nice six-figure advance of some sort that Hard Times Corbin would let the big gold belt group back into the fold so he could spend it at the craps table or he could take it to the to the restaurants in Vegas, whatever. I mean, it's, it's been a fun adventure this week, a roller coaster of emotion of seeing him win it all, lose it all, yeah. win it all again. And I think currently now he has lost it all again. So he, he has had an adventure. It's been fun to follow along with. So Hard Times Corbin bringing me the entertainment
0: yeah and you know what too like he you know for most of the recording i'm sure he had to do it after everybody left because the first thing i was saying to myself is that i was on vacation and i wanted to blend in i didn't want to stand out and the moment you wear a wrestling shirt then you're just attracting wrestling fans to want to talk wrestling i don't want to talk about wrestling while i'm eating i don't want to talk about wrestling while i'm walking in a hundred and something heat I, I, I'm on vacation as much as I am here to see a wrestling show, but as like, soon as you wear any type of wrestling paraphernalia then everybody's just coming at you with it. And then one day I did, then it happened. So it, it's only solidified. And I mean, like, no matter where you went there was at least one wrestling fan in your surroundings. So I, you know, That's why I Like, if Baron Corbin was actually out there doing it while people was out there the videos wouldn't have looked as pure as it would have been because you would have had people trying to tamper and whatnot. But um, let me let me give a quick recap about the week. First off, I'm going to start off by talking about FSW. Uh, I said that I wanted to go see Future Stars of Wrestling. They welcomed me. Um, really cool experience. I got to see how the production goes down, which I, I got to say, the cohesiveness of their team, fantastic. They, first of all, Jamal, two hour wrestling show, what? two nice. hours. Two hour. Two hour? Oh, that's bullshit. I don't know about that. Clearly, clearly <laughs> I don't know. If, this it, this can't must be have been an
2: indie show. Could not have cannot
0: been. Could not be an indie. Couldn't have been. I had to been hit by the heat or something because it was two Was there an intermission? No. But why? But why? <laughs> when things are because, the well, I mean, I'm
1: just trying to make sure that your clock was right because you know the time change is a thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe it was actually three hours, <laughs> but it snuck up on you.
0: Yeah, I got. I got to give them the props, man. They, they, they. Besides the show, which I come to in a second, the production, seeing how they work behind the scenes, and seeing how crisp they are, and how coherent uh, and whole, how cohesive they are as a team—absolute props to them. Uh, got to see my my guy Chris Bay put on a hell of a match. Finally got to meet uh, Lights Camera Fraction, which I am trying to get them in a match with uh, Shane Taylor Productions. Like this needs to happen. This needs to happen coast to coast. That needs to happen. But uh everybody was really cool. Um uh for <laughs> Disco Inferno got booed out the gym, as yeah, you yeah. should. Yeah. Um, and Nick Gage does what he does best. And I'm here to say, I'm here it to is. say, and this this may be a hot take. This this may be down like Will's alley of hot takes. Uh oh. I'm here to say that regardless of what happened this week. Nick Gage is still the most over wrestler in all of professional wrestling. Not not even close to me, not even close. The fact of how he gets a reaction and and what he does and who he is in every crowd Mm -hmm. is something to be said. You, You still got this divide of WWE fans versus AEW. So that right there debunks the Roman Reigns versus CM Punk, who's the most over person. Nick Gage goes across the board Everybody likes this guy And and Because of what documentaries do This also further Elevates that Documentaries absolutely bolster somebody's story Personality, character Whatever it may be So to, to just give another light of things I've been following the Britney Spears things for a long time. But when her documentary came out on Hulu, that also brought that to the forefront. So that when all the stuff started happening in the news, you start looking across the board like, oh, a lot of people are Britney Spears fan all of a sudden. It's just because of the, what the power of what documentaries do. I mean, you can even go back as, in regards to wondering like, hey, where's that Ja Rule guy been at? Haven't heard of him in a while. Then that fire festival thing came out <laughs> and everybody's like, oh, Ja Rule. Oh yeah, I know that guy. You know what I mean? So like. just saying like the power documentaries can definitely bring attention to something even brian pillman too like it absolutely helped his career ultimately got him signed um and, and and it just shows you what it does and i think like nick gage since the vice thing has just been on fire he was he was popular beforehand but that right there was just the nitrogen inside of the engine and he was just it was it was off and running and i think um again for his style of wrestling he, he is easily the most over-wrestler in, in all of professional wrestling, like, by, by a long shot. But um, to go back to SummerSlam weekend really quick. Uh, so yeah, Fuchsia Stars of Wrestling versus GCW. The show was dope. Uh, it was good to be able to uh, go to their camp and uh, be welcoming the way they did. Uh, also shout out to Miranda Morales of the Chir Shot uh, Media, uh, who was there to welcome me at the door. It was good to see her. I haven't seen her in a while, um, c- catching up. And um, yeah, and it was just cool. And then SummerSlam, Allegiant Stadium. It is, it's a beautiful, it's its a beautiful place. Um, when the I, cash registers are working, right? So, <laughs> so here, this is what's funny because somebody said this to me at the airport. They said, man, you're lucky you got your food before the registers went down. Cause man, what would you have done? But then they said, but also if you didn't get your food before the registers went down, then you got your food for free.
2: Right, that's what I was so, hearing. That's so, dependent on the spot you hit. <laughs> they were giving stuff away. It all yeah. depended on the communication.
0: Yeah. What so a mess!
2: What a yeah. mess!
0: I mean, it, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I believe. I mean, I didn't know they ran preseasons last year, but this is the third event that they ran this year with fans. One NFL game, Garth Brooks, SummerSlam. So this, to me, is a stress test. They, mm-hmm. and in and, and, and for. The systems to go down. I mean, it's an overload, it's a server reset, whatever it may be. Um, it wasn't electrical because everything was still running, but like half of the stadium power uh systems went down. And somebody who works in IT, I mean, working under pressure and the fact that you're losing thousands of dollars by the second, that's a really tough circumstance to be yeah. in. So to they make, did- to make it
2: clear for to make it clear for folks who are listening who might not know, Allegiant Stadium is cashless. They take no money. Everything's electronic.
0: Yeah. Um so uh soda and water was free. Food was was free on my side. I I was in section 100 101 I mean I'm sorry, 110 or 111, something like that. Um I believe they called me being on the east side. They apparently people they were saying that the west side was working, but I was not walking all the way around for beer. This just wasn't happening. Um, I stayed in the coach section, the club section. Excuse me. I mean, it's beautiful. It's it's like it's, it's to the point that I said like there was so many different things that you could do there. I feel like I like wasn't getting all my money's worth because there was so many different little places you could sit and eat and whatnot. And regardless, I got to my seat. Uh, it was head on. Got to see the entrance, and and also to to the people that was you know complaining about the ramp. I mean, this is what they did at the baseball stadium. In Phoenix for Royal Rumble, Mm -hmm. this was clearly depicted on the seating chart. So when you bought tickets, this was no surprise. It looked like it was coming out of the football um, tunnels and came out. So uh, you know, sure, SummerSlam, sure it's your biggest show, but the stadium itself is part of the aesthetics. The ring and the the lighting above the ring and stuff like that added. And not having a ramp, it didn't hurt. It really didn't hurt to me. I I wasn't bothered by it. Sure they put on some hell of a cool ramps in the past, but like to kind of do something different, to utilize the stadium to the way that works for them best. then, then it's cool. So, um, stadium was beautiful. Temperature was cool. Wi-Fi was amazing. Mm-hmm. There's something that you don't mm-hmm. hear a lot in, in, in statements. Wi-Fi never had a problem. Quite frankly, Wi-Fi was better in the stadium than it was in my room a, in the hotel. Not even a question. Um, Probably could have. Probably could legitly did a, a live show in there. You know what I mean? But would have got kicked out. I mean, I don't look like a source, do I? I don't look like one of those people that <laughs> out there. You're not sitting there and-
2: filming. You're not filming the whole show from uh, the performance center to put it yeah. up on a, Put it up on Monday night when they're taping NXT. Yeah,
0: yeah, but um, yeah, the stadium was nice. I, I, I definitely would go back. I mean, they're going back, so I look forward to that. I we'll, we'll, we'll see when time gets near. Uh, but, you know, the walk to the stadium uh, wasn't bad. It was a little bit o- over the bridge. Getting into the stadium wasn't bad. Um, getting back wasn't bad. I mean, I-, I don't know where people were walking the opposite direction, but, like, getting back was uh, – the connection was to Mandalay Bay, uh, to the Luxor, uh, to the – I forget the, num- the-, the name of that other hotel. It starts with a D. Uh, they're all right there. So, like, you know, once you get across the bridge, you can go whatever way you need to go, and it, it was pretty seamless. I I it didn't take me no time to get back to the room. Uh food there was priced like a stadium, was good. The drinks for what I had was good, priced like a stadium. And um the acoustics in there was pretty damn good. I also saw people standing in that open standing area up top. Now, if you've been to Dallas Stadium, they they got the same similar thing. And I also think T-Mobile Arena has this too. I can't remember that little um it's like a, a almost like a balcony of some sort that you can stand up and watch. I guess it it was behind hard cam, so that's why no one could see it. But uh, I you know I guess for the people who did not have good seats and they stood the whole time, I'm pretty sure they got a good view from there as well too. So, um, and the one thing I always tell people too is you know trust your eyes. Like I believe even for me sitting in like the fifth or sixth row, I can't remember. I, I saw pretty good, but I'm sure if I was many rows back, I also would have had just a good view. Sitting on the floor is just ridiculous. It, it just, it's just ridiculous to me. Like, the moment somebody stands, then, you, as a matter of fact, the seats on the floor were no better than the seats you buy at Costco. So, and I'm talking oh, no. about those ones that are like $7 each. Like, I'm not, I'm not spending $600 plus for my ass to be hurting by the end of the the, the, the night. Knowing it's WWE, <laughs> knowing that you're going in here for six hours minimum <laughs> so like it just makes no it makes no sense you know so and even the 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 um the the premium seats that they have like i have i have two they're not comfortable either like i used to sit in it when i used to podcast and i was like i gotta get off of this like i'm <laughs> i'm feeling broken for doing an hour show imagine sitting down in those things for six hours for anything it's just not worth it you know but you know fans gotta be fans you know and people gotta do what they gotta do um but, uh, yeah, is there anything else? I, I, I guess we can talk about the reactions of what happened, but is there anything yeah, else? The, like the infrastructure-wise? because
2: there were, there were some big, uh, some divisive events that yeah. happened on Sunday, and I'm really curious to hear how that might have went over in person since yeah. you were there.
0: Oh, by the way, like I seen like a bunch of people like, you know, other podcasters and content creators or just fans. I seen people that stay there. I was hanging low. So like if I saw you and I didn't say anything, you know, I apologize because like I was on vacation. I was with the lady and I just wasn't there to like (laughs) trying to take away from just enjoying the experience. I didn't want to. I had already done enough work <laughs> the, the, the day before. So I didn't want to take away this experience and just be like networking when it was just really wasn't my thing. I didn't I didn't feel like I was going to like a cabaret or a homecoming or some shit. I was going to see <laughs> this and wanted to get the hell out of here. <laughs> Cause I saw a lot of people like saying, like, oh, they saw this person, this, this, and that, and they were doing all these communal things. And I was just like, nah. By the way, uh uh what was I about to say? Oh, I already said like the temperature was in there was really cool as well, too. So um, you know, I was comfortable for majority of the time. Now, let, let's talk about the, the reactions within the stadium. Now, I was trying to tweet this, and I don't know if I got this over correctly, but in any sporting event, alcohol is a big catalyst to how people react to things. And the fact that there was no alcohol being sold, it definitely, you can tell the mood, like, definitely swirling in there beyond anything that's happening in the ring. You, you, when we started, people were hot. The typical Ric Flair woos, the New Day stuff, all the typical wrestling stuff that happened, that started to show hot. People were invested. Big E brought amazing energy starting it off. Corbin came out with no music, still got a reaction. Um, it, for, for all the reasons of how alcohol comes into play, it, it, it you can tell where it became non existent, like when you were just like, Yeah, people are kind of dry. They're not really giving, pumping out, you know, the same reactions that they did. But then that comes down to the big thing in Becky Lynch and Bianca. Mm-hmm. Um, The moment it happened, the moment Bianca came out and now Sasha wasn't, that was the first right. gas of air that went out the building. Everybody was like, oh. so everybody's like, well, who's coming out? Right. And when Carmella, I, go ahead. I knew something was coming. It
2: was just a matter yeah. of what was coming.
0: Yeah, and I, I'll be honest, like as much as I just want to watch the show and have fun with it, I watched the camera people go down to the um to the alley. Um I, I, I saw them turn because they turned away and they turned. And once they said Sasha was coming, so I was like, oh, obviously somebody's coming. Um and then Carmella came out, and people were like, What? <laughs> I don't even think there was booze. I think there was just like a, a big blast of devastation, like <laughs> Ah, <sighs> here we go. And Stay poor Carmella. <laughs> yeah, poor Carmella, because, I mean, that's just a tough job. So, you know, at this point now, you're missing Sasha. And then Becky music comes off, and people go crazy. But the moment Becky music came out, I mean, I popped too, but I was thinking to myself, like, oh, boy, they are about to book themselves into a corner here. And I was like, okay, well, Carmella's still here. So, you know, Carmella takes... She she takes the fall here wherever it goes. But then when I seen Carmella get knocked out and started to walk back, I was like, oh boy, this this isn't good. I was like, as much as I am, am trying to calculate the possibilities here, there's nothing that I think works. Nothing works right. unless Sasha comes out and does something. And the fact that this was a squash match, very mm-hmm. Brock Kofi ish. You know, you've been seeing this all over the internet completely like it I was devastated because I was I was devastated because I was trying to book it and I was devastated because I was just like well this is underwhelming after that amazing promo video that is put out about Bianca and everything she's did if you've never seen Bianca before you're just like oh she's the real deal like accolade there accolade there uh how she talked the game she backs it up she's the champ and she you know presents herself as such and for Becky comes out, and you know, there's no promotional ter- material behind her, but you know, people are cheering, so she must be cool. But for this random person basically to come out and squash the champion in this fat in this fashion, it left a lot of people, even kids dressed mm-hmm. in all green, John Cena fans, completely looking like what I heard this kid. I swear to God, I heard this kid, and you know, this is it, it. Might as well be a curse word for kids. I heard this kid say, oh, my God, this doesn't make sense. I was just like, yeah, <laughs> sir, you're right. <laughs> sir, you're you're absolutely right. Oh. <laughs> so I'm devastated. And the tone seems to be devastation. But let it be known that people were cheering for Becky as if it didn't matter who she was across the ring from. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it was a mixed bag of feelings in there. There was people who completely was for Becky all the way. All uh-huh. the way. Didn't care. Did not care. Caught up and in it, the moment
2: of the, the caught up in the moment of the whole thing with her returning and all that.
0: And then there was people that was just like, well, wait, what? <laughs> right. First no Sasha, then Carmela, and then she gets squashed? Oh hell nah. But I will say, regardless, regardless of how you felt about the booking, regardless of how you feel about, um, uh, regardless of the, the 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 change in energy, everybody was 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 dead afterwards. It was very, yeah. I mean, it was easy the moment. Across, that came across
2: on TV. The air was sucked out of the room after that. And it, the, it took a good half hour. It took until about midway through the uh, Charlotte, Nikki Cross, and um, Rhea Ripley match. About halfway yeah. through that, they started to get him back. And then I yeah. think the brood entrance totally brought everyone back but it was a good like 45 minutes there people just like like the wind was just sucked out of that stadium
0: yeah it wasn't even a bathroom break it was definitely a a refill on food and liquor break and but you couldn't get that (laughs) so you it it was nothing to be done there but on yes uh charlotte and how good she is in the rain brought energy back the brew interest was good but steph rollins interest even uh brought a lot of uh energy back as well too so the, the show paced good beyond that that's the one thing that they messed up it paced on a good energetic level um because there was good solid wrestling going on and then the theatrics of it being SummerSlam was there but that match and that booking decision completely jackknifed everything like I it's to the point that like maybe they believe becky is the savior of everything that they they just don't care However, people may feel. I mean, SmackDown's gonna be interesting tomorrow, Mm -hmm. but like, it just wasn't. It's never a good thing to do something like that, knowing that you have a six-hour show
2: and you have kids there. The one thing that gave me hope about it, like, immediately everyone was making the comparisons about, you know, oh, it's Kofi and Brock all over again. The one thing that was different about it, you remember when when Brock killed Kofi in what eight seconds or whatever, Kofi was swept out of the ring and gone. You didn't see him again, and they moved on right to uh Kane Velasquez came out. Like, they immediately got him the hell out of there. This, at least, Bianca got beat. She got beat quick, but then they followed her all the way to the back on camera, looking shocked, looking all thrown off. Like, there was a lot of focus still put on Bianca in Becky's win. So she wasn't just swept under the rug, like, get out of here. This is all, it's all about Becky now. So that gives me some hope. But like you said, that's that's really got to be addressed tomorrow night on SmackDown. As far as where this goes, where where Bianca stands is critical right now to to make it clear that either she's still in the mix, or if she's not. But given the way they did it, I think she's still in the mix. That's my hope. Fingers crossed.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know, man. It's just it's just a very questionable thing. Um, uh, something else I'll just add real quick. Uh, Becky going to SmackDown is interesting. She left on Raw. She comes back and goes to SmackDown. That's kind of a you know, it's one of those type of things where like WWE tends to forget that we have memories. <laughs> so like, if if or, people aren't attached to brands, then uh, why aren't you going back to where you went? And
2: the draft is coming. It, is it as is it as simple though as Sasha wasn't available for whatever reason that that you know this made this happen sooner.
0: I mean, I am the first to say that the integrity of WWE from the sports aspect of doing and conducting drafts has been bullshit for a long time. And the moment that they try to hook you in with them, the moment you start saying shit is WWE, so they're just going to do some random shit like this, you know? Like it's it, it it it's just it, it it's almost like an attack on your character. Like like you just can't remember these things and whatnot. But Brock, who I have been talking about. What they what to do with Roman, as I said, Brock is your draw for Viva Las Vegas. Brock, believe it or not, was the second biggest uh fighter in that city that weekend. Manny Pacquiao didn't him. He's to me the second biggest star, questionable with John Cena, but Brock is just that big of a draw in Las Vegas. The fact that he, he wasn't booked for the match and it was Goldberg. I You know, I think about a lot of what Paul Heyman said back in the day about Goldberg and Brock um, and why that match was booked the way it is and why Goldberg is that type of person to do such. I, I agree. But you had to have Brock come in there and do what he do. You had to know, you had to make Brock presence known in Vegas because I'm telling you, Dana White is on the other end of the phone like, please, please, like we'll we'll give him <laughs> anything to, to, to get him back. You know, they need a major star. Brock is a major star. He, he really is in the world of combat sports. Um, Cena is just a global star, and, he, I, and and that's what it is. But in Vegas, you know, the, the the gravity is a little bit different out there. You know, people will take Brock before they take Cena in Las Vegas. I'm very confident about that. But um, I think that um Brock going to SmackDown makes me put my foot right back in my mouth. Why would Brock go to SmackDown b- b- besides the Roman feud? Because Fox – and they're trying to legitimize this as being a fighting show or a, a, a sports show, should I say? And brought to your brand legitimizes that. And this has been something I've been saying for a while. So this this was the easy thing for them to do. Uh, get them plugged in with Roman. Uh, have Paul Heyman be the girl, the 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 um, the girlfriend. Uh, seeing her ex for the first time in front yep, of her yep. new. It's you know it's it's just easy booking. So. Um, but uh, really quick, any questions I want to ask real quick about everything? Cause I know I was kind of rambling a lot as Rob is in the chat. You know, the when did go back? Okay, Vegas, yes. The arena, yes. The pandemic wise thing, it was a lot of people. Fifty two thousand people. I was mm. comfortable in my. Um, I was comfortable in my um, commute to the arena. Coming out was a clusterfuck, but, you know, just I'm wearing your mask. There was a lot of people wearing masks. There was obviously folks who didn't. Um, and uh, since I've been home, I've been home-home. Um, but, um, yeah, I I, 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 um, I I, feel like, you know, every indoor place had mask requirements. So Vegas was definitely trying to be on their stuff because they can't take another L, like, before and be shut down. Um, so on a sense of being comfortable, Sure. Sure, but I also know how I need to conduct myself in these spaces. So, um, yeah, for, for what the state of the world is, not a problem. Not a problem at all. And I will say this, compared to what you've seen, Jamal, what you experienced in Jacksonville, it wasn't the same. There was more people wearing masks than there was people that wasn't. So, like, you know, I didn't feel like there was, like, an a, abundance of reckless abandonment going on here. I feel like there was people who everybody understood this is what you need to do. And he had the few that was just going to try to press the limits when they whenever they could, you know. Okay. 107 heat is no bullshit though. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: just imagine how it'll be over Fourth of July weekend for money in the
0: bank next year. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking I was talking to Chris, Chris Bay, and he was just like, Man, you just missed it. He was like, last week was like hundred and fifteen. I was like, Well, that'll be damned. I don't want no parts of that. So I mean, honestly, anything over hundred
1: and five, you don't really feel
0: yeah, but, like, I feel like this was the first time I've ever been in Vegas with this type of heat and the wind being the way it was. When it got windy, it felt like, you know, when you when you have your A.C. on, you're like, oh, shit, I, I don't actually have the air conditioning part of it, just the fans blowing, you know? <laughs> it's like a blow dryer blowing on it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> mm. What else y'all got before we get to our break? So how does this compare to
1: other – large uh, stadium events uh, that you've been to now, obviously, you know, you didn't go for a football game, but do you think it compares to, um, you know, like a WrestleMania at, at a football stadium? I think that's probably the biggest thing for me that I was like really disappointed about is that they didn't really dress it, the stadium. Well, Um, it didn't look like it was in Vegas. It looked like it was in the football stadium, but that football stadium could have been anywhere. So there was no stage basically. It was just a big ass ramp that, was the um, well not even a ramp? It was just a big ass you know, entryway, and that was that. So I was really expecting for their first big event without uh, you know population restriction for them to go bigger than WrestleMania, and WrestleMania yeah. had a fucking boat. So mm-hmm. I was expecting twenty-five foot tall you know die or you know a giant you know three hundred foot tall um, slot machine or something, and they yeah. didn't really do that. And I was kind of—that's what
0: was surprising. Two things: uh, the lasers that happened in there. Now, the re- lasers that pointed in the ring uh, wasn't in my view to kind of see it. But when I did look back at videos about the lasers that was outside of the ring pointing to the ring, those things wasn't as vivid as they looked on TV. And I—and I, that has that—I that, think that has something to do with the color grading of the production because, like, they look insane on TV but they look very moderate to like normal to digest in person. So Hmm. uh, just to add that in there, Jamal, this is what I said before. This WWE was here for a vacation and got the hell out of town. By no means were they invested in being here long-term. So all of that. that,
1: Because remember WrestleMania at Raven James Stadium is only one show. Now, granted, yeah two nights but it's still just one show they're not bringing that set the raw or
0: Smackdown. yeah but yeah but it doesn't matter what I'm saying is that they did not take over the city so they it was it was almost like you know
2: like there was no a, access it was, yeah no NXT don't have to like to take over the city. Last week
1: I just want a 75 foot tall slot machine
0: no I'm just telling that, you I'm telling
2: you that I'm they I wonder if maybe they couldn't do it because they couldn't do pyro but, the going, stadium going. would not allow pyro so I Going, wonder if there was restrictions on well, a big it's, it's stage fire, on the field, it's
1: fire season out there, so no pyro, you
0: know, at all. Two two, two things. One, I'm, I'm just like you were saying. Well, I'm pretty sure that there was still a a nice little thin layer of newness on the stadium. They're like, well, we don't want to kind of do all that stuff first yet, you know. So we'll just kind of keep it as it is. Yeah, yeah you pl- said
2: it was the third event there.
0: So. And this is still the Raiders Stadium. Let us do this first. And then you could come back next year and we'll let you have it all. But to the other point, like I'm saying, is that they did not leave a print on Vegas. They did not take over the city. Everybody this week were just in and out. The Pacquiao fight barely felt uh felt. There was a UFC fight, which I don't know where it was at, but it was in Vegas somewhere. Um, there was different conventions going on there. Nobody made their permanent mark on the city. And what I mean by that is if you've been to San Diego Comic Con, you know it's there. You know it's coming. You know when it's left. When you go to a fashion show in New York, you know when it's there. You can feel it. You couldn't tell that WWE was there because all they had was video boards at the airport, um, at, you know, in front of the stadium. Um that the 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 superstore was in the very, very, very very, very back of the MGM. I mean, to the point that I'm like, all right, somebody's lying. It's not even back here. It was way (laughs) back there. So it's to the point where it's almost as if like they almost didn't know you were there. Like if you had tickets, you had them, but if you didn't, you didn't. (laughs) So, uh, and, 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 and quite frankly, to back up that claim, I know somebody that was in Vegas that saw me post me being out there and they did not even know the event was out there. They were just like, mm. oh wait, that was in Vegas the same week. I was like, yes. <laughs> so it, it's just, it, I just feel like there wasn't an investment in WWE to like really make a big spectacle of the event. I feel like they were there, they they utilized the stadium to minimum, they utilized the the, the city very minimum, and then they got their money and then they got up out of there. So you know, and and and, and to. The other end of this, when WrestleMania is happening, yes, you only use your big stadium once, but it's still there. You can feel that there's a big event coming up on that su- on that Sunday. You have Takeover there. You have Raw and SmackDown there. You have the super- you have the Superstore there. You have like little trailers of the Superstore in different places. You see the little signs on on, 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 on top of the light post. You see banners there. You see you know all that sort of stuff. You know just it just wasn't there it just wasn't and you know maybe this i don't know Feels like it, i hate to say it but almost like a cash grab like hey we were here but oh we out <laughs> so uh catch you in uh what was they denver and san diego i think it was and that's yeah. it that's it we, we we done we done so um and another thing if anybody's ever been to um um vegas for like ufc big ufc fights they got like different things happening during the sh- uh, on the street, like different contests going on, different like little pet rallies and whatnot. None of that was there. Like, I, I-, I really don't know what to say. Like, it, j- it just was, a- it was just like almost like a thing to do. Like, uh, you wanna go to Circus Soleil? Uh, maybe. WWE is there. Okay. All right. We- we- we'll do that. They're there they're- they're- they're Saturday. And, 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 and when you think about it, it, it was on a Saturday. Also gives you suspicion of they really did not want to be here. <laughs> they was like, yeah, we, we got this date. We're going to use it. And then we're out. You know, yeah, um, well,
2: Nick Khan spoke about that in one of those interviews he did over the weekend. And he, and he put it as simple as like, hey, it's like it's Las Vegas. Vegas is a Friday and Saturday night town. You don't talk about going to Vegas for a Sunday night. You talk about going to it for the weekend, so they that's felt bull- they had to do they had to do a weekend night, and obviously Friday ain't gonna work because of Smackdown.
0: That's, that's bullshit. Um, you can put <laughs> you can put a, a a boxing fight on a Thursday out there, and people will come see it. You sure as hell want to get people on a Sunday where most people travel, leaving on Monday anyway. So it's no, it's 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 the fight capital. If there's an event going down, people are going to come. People go to weigh-ins because it's just something to do. And those sell out. <laughs> so I don't want to hear that. People will go to a weigh-in, a press conference, the little live things that they do in the middle of casinos at times, and then they'll go to the event. They'll go to the after party, after event. Oh, no, it's, it's Vegas, man. No, not at all. The, the city never sleeps. So that's, that's BS. Anyway, enough with that. We got to talk about AEW. We got to talk about CM Punk. So, without further ado, let's ju- just jump to our commercial and we'll be back with that and some more after this.
3: Today's episode is brought to you by HelloFresh. Do you feel like you're stuck in one of those dinner ruts? So, with HelloFresh, you'll get fresh pre measured ingredients with mouth watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door where you can skip all the trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. Because to me, that matters. You can enjoy cooking and getting dinner on the table in 30 minutes or less. With over 25 recipes to choose from each week, there is something for everyone to enjoy. All recipes are designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness as well as simplicity. Now I'm looking over here at the hot honey brussels and ricotta flatbread, the balsamic fig chicken, and the chicken over garlic Parmesan spaghetti. My mouth is watering as I say this to you right now. Go to the link in our show notes below to get $80 off, including the free shipping on HelloFresh, which is your number one meal kit. Again, go to the link down below in our show notes to get $80 off, including free shipping on HelloFresh.
0: All right, we're back for the second half of the show. A um, couple of things to say real quick. Uh, number one, I am there's a, there's a contest running on our um, Twitter page right now. Go check it out. Give it a retweet. Give an answer to it. We're giving away a free Funko Pop uh, in, in uh, celebration, shall I say, of number one, Chadwick Bozeman's last performance uh, for the second episode of What If, the Marvel show, episode three, came out this week. So it's very simple. We're giving away the T'Challa Star-Lord Funko Pop. Um, and to enter, just retweet, follow us, and give us your art give us your favorite moment of what if thus far um, and we will pick somebody before next week's episode uh on Wednesday which is episode 4 um and of but, course
2: you can find that at bgb group on twitter
0: bingo <laughs> you got
2: to tell folks where to go my man
0: so, yeah there you go sorry about that uh <laughs> but uh, let's talk about aw uh, i don't know something kind of big happened or whatnot in chicago um and that happened last Friday on Rampage for the homecoming episode, which brings us to Dynamite this week in Milwaukee Uh, where this guy that, I don't know he always gets chanted, he even got chanted at SummerSlam for some odd reason but that's CM Punk, folks (laughs) he's back, and he's all elite so let's just make this simple first off, let's give our reactions to it, CM Punk is all elite what's your thoughts, folks? I don't
2: care. As we discussed extensively last week, there wasn't a lot of excitement around the table for him returning. So that said, I'll, I'll, I will say this as far as how that moment went, I talked a lot last week about how I wanted to see the moment, even if I wasn't excited about seeing him or seeing him return. I was very curious to see the moment happen as far as that went it probably went better than I could have expected. There wasn't a whole lot of sour grapes. He kind of walked right up to the line of taking a a little dig in there with the whole thing about, you know, okay, I stopped being a professional wrestler in 2005 when I left ROH and all this. And I thought that was a little clever way of doing things. That was pretty good, but it was a moment. It was a true moment. And from seeing all the reaction online, it's very clear that to people that care about CM Punk, this was a monstrous event, a huge big deal and I can't take that away from him. It was it was a, it was a heck of a moment. Now that the moment's passed, I'm just kind of like, okay, what's next? But in the moment, I thought it was pretty darn neat. To to James, what would you think of this whole thing? I'm happy for
0: everybody who is happy that he's back. <laughs> That's it. I mean like <laughs> It, to me it's just like okay cool you all wanted him you got him back um i didn't care what he did and where he went um i don't have like you know i was i was never really a huge fan of his i like this work i really like this work in roh i mean the, the, the golden days of roh just can't be touched um yeah. but uh you know the stuff he did in wwe was cool um but you know i was you know if he the fact that he decided to walk away from it then, then okay, cool. When he went to UFC, I like okay, cool. I'm just you know I wasn't going to be hell bent about what this guy did for the rest of Is like I actually believe it or not, I like him acting more than I like them in anything else wrestling wise. I think mm. that his performances that he give in some of these movies he's been in, um, and recently in Hills, I, th- I think he's just more comfortable there. Um, but you know him coming back to AW, if it makes the fans happy, then 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 sure. And now people are talking about. Just tipping the needle and all this other sorts. I, I don't know. But I have to kind of transition, unless you guys come to something that you want to ask. I gotta I gotta talk about where this is going booking wise. Now, Darby Allen has been a wrestler that I have always been I I, I guess I always just kind of like right, I I wanna see more. I know Jamal, especially back in the evolved days, Jamal was some of the people that to look out for. Darby, Keith, DiJack, Evolve had a stacked roster, and Darby yeah. always was this smaller guy who was always put into big spots. Did big, big spots again, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, right? And just he—he he was a—he was a tone setter for these Evolve shows, and and I also gotta talk about Evolve for the most part. I mean, Evolve's batting at like. Uh, like like a, a three hundred batting average uh, for being on time, <laughs> you can ensure that Darby matches was Chris, and, and they was worth. And so seeing him and seeing his gimmick get signed was always one of those type of things. And when him and um uh what, what was what's her name GG uh I can't even Gigi Dolan now yeah Roll when they Priscilla Kelly thank you Priscilla Kelly when they were a thing those were two gimmicks that I'm like I don't know if the main rosters of anybody is going to be able to work with this. Like they're going to try to tweak it and it ain't going to go right. We see one where one is working. We see one still in process. So Darby Allen being featured the way he's been featured on A.W. is absolutely one of the biggest catalysts to me watching that program. Mm-hmm. So you're going to put one of your hottest rising stars. I mean, think about this. Would you ever put Darby Allen versus Jungle Boy in a match?
2: Oh, yeah. Not right now. I, right, right I now, wouldn't. would you? Oh, right. No.
0: now. No, two years. The, the, the issue, I, 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 to, know, the I issue would. to me I is, would. it's it's a match. Neither one should lose. Exactly, Bianca and Becky. It, it's this. It's this. It's the same thinking of like, oh, this. I don't see how this works right now. Right now. Right, right. now. I don't see how this works. So Darby and Jungle Boy. I don't. I, I don't want that right now. I, well, that's yeah. that's the money to be made. You Darby don't want that right Boy. now.
1: Darby is uh Jungle Boy is 100% babyface. Darby Allen, uh, 78% Anti-hero. babyface, anti hero ish. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that there is something to that. Um, and also, I do think that there is something to the fact that we don't really see too many matches that are just competitive based on mutual respect. It has to be, I don't like you, or you stole my cat or you burnt my toast, or some stupid bullshit that gets a feud going. It's never just, no, I like you enough to, and respect you enough to go, I think we should do this. And on that level, CM Punk versus Darby Allin could work for me. But realistically though, I'm not convinced that seeing a 40 year old dude that's closer to 50 than he is 40, would, uh, that hasn't wrestled in seven or eight years, I'm not going to get excited about that. There's no way that you're going to convince me that that is something that I need to see. Um, you know, they'd be like, well, if he were with other guys in a senior wrestling league, that'd be something different. <laughs> but I don't want to see any of those guys in the big three in the NBA right now. They're 50. The big three is good by for what it is with their competition for what it is. Yeah. I haven't seen CM Punk in, in, in seven, eight years. Also... I don't fucking care. They have so many other young talent that are there to do things, to to grow. And I'm not saying that Punk is gonna come in and, and push everything out. He's gonna be this just this giant, he's gonna be like just Jupiter, this big fucking mass that immediately vortexes everything around him because he's just there taking up so much space. It's not even like that. I do think that backstage, he, along with Mark Henry, along with Big Show, a lot, along with everybody else backstage, Jerry Lynn, Malenko, uh Jericho, they have a lot of talent backstage that are going to get these young guys to that next level where they, need, where they need to be. But as far as Punk coming in and, and all the pomp and the circumstance, that shit is cute. If you're a fan and you want to cry yourself to sleep over it, good for you. Cool. But at the end of the day, with the pay-per-view coming up, uh, inserting him into that pay-per-view versus Darby Allin isn't a match of interest to me. Now, who would be, you know, if, if he's fine, CM Punk is here. Who does he yeah. face? I would I rather have a thought him, on that. Yeah, I would rather him face <laughs> someone that, and not that Darby isn't competition for him. um And I don't think he should he, be inserted into a call, uh, a title picture. But I'd rather see him go up against Will Hobbs.
0: I was just going to say Will Hobbs or or Captain Dean, and hmm. from Chicago. Yep. Put him over. Yeah. Put him over. Make the season. reason.
1: The reason why not? Maybe not Dean because Dean is kind of just being stuck in neutral, spinning his wheels a little bit. But I think Hobbes is Hobbs is a definite heel in a heel faction, um, and he's one of those young guys that Punk wants to put over, and he'll <laughs> knock him around a bit.
0: Stop, stop saying that like you believe it.
1: Oh well, I know, well that's what he said. That, that's what he said. You know, he's here. He's here on his on his charitable mission in the Andes to uh, come through and build fucking, you know,
2: he's going to team up with Cody Christ. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
1: he's on this mission. Him and Jerry Falwell, they're about to go into this Peruvian jungle and start uh, digging ditches. Good for them. Hey, hey, Amnesty hey, the International. So hey, Punk's going to save the kids. Uh, get your telephone ready. It's Labor Day. Oh, so the telephone's no. coming. Uh, you know, 1-800-CM-Punk for the kids. Uh, so, cool. But I think that he needs to go up against, to your point, an actual heel, uh and if he wants to be, the, you know, be it with a younger guy, then so be it. But I think Hobbs and him would have a a good enough test. Now I don't care who wins the match, but if it's a it's a better test than him and Darby, because yeah I think that when Darby crosses over as a heel, when Steen goes to the red and black, you know, face paint, oh and boy, Darby's, and Darby's on some super emo shit. You know, just starts blasting, breaking Benjamin, you know, all the Wolf time. Wolfpack, Darby. Yeah.
0: Oh, boy. Then, <laughs> oh, boy. Uh,
1: then maybe, you know, maybe we can reintroduce Punk and Darby then. But I just. It, okay, here, here, here,
2: here's my thing. Here's my thing. I totally agree it should be a heel, it should be a full blown heel. But if I'm Tony Khan, see Punk's charity mission, want to help the kids and all that, right now, it ain't the time for that yet. It's your first match. In seven years, this is a layup. This is a layup. You're in Chicago. It's the first match. All you gotta do is go out there and take someone out and put him down. Put him in there against Ten Guy.
0: That guy can just <laughs> get just, beat. You just, you just don't
2: like him. <laughs> no, but no, but this this is honestly a perfect use of him because he's True. a heel. He can get beat. Punk gets punk. Just looks good in Chicago for a first match back. That doesn't. This doesn't have to be a real match. This just needs to be an exhibition essentially in my mind. Uh, agree. It's going to punk's first match in seven years sells itself. I think just on that to the people who care, they just want to see him wrestle. You don't Har- need to waste a real match on this in my mind.
0: Even Matt Hardy's a, a good person here. Matt mm-hmm. Hardy would work. Yeah. that works but, uh, too. But I mean like it, uh, to, to, to kind of play devil's advocate, I can see Darby being like, Hey, would you want to do this? And he, him just being a good sport. And I mean, I don't know the guy I've seen interviews. I've never met him. I've, you know, I say what's up at Evolve shows for what it matters, but gimmick or not, the guy comes off as one of the nicest guys that you will meet. But it also seems like one of the most easiest person to work with because he has literally from his career has worked everybody, and you can easily see him saying like, "Well, you know, why should I go on first this show, or why can't I get you know a main event, or any ramblings of being problematic." It's the indies. If you go to enough indie shows, you'll start to hear things, and we 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 know. You know enough people to know, like, if this person was a, a, a issue, it will be known. Especially after uh, the the, the twenty nineteen year that the that that the Twitter had with uh, exposing problematic people, to, to 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 say the least, you know, um, where you know everybody's uh, personalities or work ethic and anything was brought into question. Never heard anything. You never heard anything bad about him
2: oh well let's let's Ooh. i wouldn't yeah, say that well, there's there's stuff I that's mean, clearly not it's not enough that it's doing anything
0: oh uh, well yeah i mean
1: i wouldn't say never ever i would say rarely okay never is not the correct word to use
0: okay fair fair case. <laughs> fair right. but i mean i just don't I, in, re, in regards to the character right now i just think that he he is Playing an anti-hero. He's playing the underdog story, which is so easy to work in wrestling. He gets thrown downstairs, he gets back up. So keep booking him that way until he eventually, you know, gets back into a title pitcher. Um, but this is like stunting his growth, putting him against CM Punk, who is the hottest person on their roster. I don't
1: know. I don't know if I can say that it's stunting his growth because basically, this is an exhibition match. This but but is, I mean this this yeah. match doesn't really mean anything for anybody because if if CM Punk comes out and lays an egg, if he if he rich wants the whole thing,
0: oh boy. I mean oh I'm just saying if
1: he rich wants the whole thing and he is gassed three and a half minutes into his a 15 minute match, then okay, we well hasn't done it in the seven years. If he comes out, <laughs> you know, because that's no the easy excuse. Like hey, no, well you know I am 46 or whatever the hell. it is. Oh
0: yeah, 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 yeah. people gonna cop for him. You know yeah. that.
1: Of course, of course. I mean, their their cakes are in the cleaners right now. But and <laughs> in a, in a Darby, um, you know, it's it's the same deal where it's just like, well, Darby's not really in a feud. He doesn't have anything else to do. If not him, then who? Because everybody's kinda tied, tied up, and nobody wants to see Scorpio Sky do really anything. And everybody's pretty much busy, and other matches just don't work. C versus Orange doesn't need to happen for the same reasons why Darby may not need to
0: happen. I I, I do feel like titles make a significant uh makes a major max significant, but this is high profile. It is a special attraction match. Yeah. And I also think that pay-per-views obviously tell you a lot about people. And I, you know, looking over at Takeover, you know, you know what you're getting with Walter. But if you haven't been following Dragon off, you may not know what you're gonna get there. I guarantee everybody's talking about him now. And no, I that's think. That's different,
1: though. That's a match where they both had something to prove. It's literally for a title. CM Punk versus Darby is no different than Mayweather fighting a kangaroo. It's just a special attraction. Because it's not like you're going to come out here and say that CM Punk is going to be in, in full blown uh, you know, uh, programs doing 50 shows a year. He's only working okay.
0: well. All right. Well, let, let's, four those let, let's. Let's make it simple, Dan. If Darby loses, you're still invested in him the same way he was before the match started.
1: Yeah, it's an exhibition. He's playing like some team from
2: from Israel, in the in the preseason. it it all depends how he loses. It all depends how they do it.
1: Yeah, and again, we're assuming it's, that the match is competitive, and we're assuming that it goes well, and he just happens to lose. We're not saying a forty minute match and a, and a bullshit finish and a roll up. No, I mean like it's a good competitive match that, and, and he lost a good competitive match, and that's all it is.
0: Hopefully, okay. we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. I, I will say the one thing that is intriguing is that this is one of the matches where you're like, all right, I don't think either one should lose, so how are you going to do it? But
1: uh, Well, well, that's the thing. Uh, I think it's not necessarily this match that's important. It's what you do after this match that's more important. If Darby wins clean, uh, you know, then that's that's one thing. Like, hey, I beat CM Punk. That's not my fault. I, he called me out and I won. Deal with it. Be mad about it. If he wins in a bullshit manner, then it's like, hey, again, it's a young man's game. Not my fault. If CM Punk does the same thing and he wins clean, then, hey, you still got it. You still got a chance ready. And if he wins in like a bullshit manner (laughs) it's like, hey, I'm a pirate. You know, I don't know what you were were expecting. So what happens after that is is a little bit, is a lot more important than what happens in the match. Because, you know, it's it's not like CM Punk is going to come out and point of this 25-minute classic, I, I just don't expect it to happen. They're going to give you 15 minutes. If the match is going to be the match, good, bad, or whatever. Um, but the only thing it can't be is dumb. And that's that's the only way to fuck this up. If it's a, if you know, it just needs to be a just a solid match on both sides. Uh, they don't need to do too much. Just go through with it, and then you know, go from there. Because it's not like this is going to start a year-long feud.
2: Okay. Yeah, it's one and done. It's definitely right. one and done, and then they move on to whatever's going to be next.
1: Right. Right. It's the Bulls versus like Real Madrid and preseason basketball. <laughs> it doesn't matter if they lose.
0: We'll see. Eyes will be uh glued on that match for sure. Alright, so what else we got? I feel like there's something else we were supposed to cover. Who do want... you
2: sign next? That's a yeah, big question. The triple threat of rumors.
1: Lay it out. The rumors, uh, the rumor mill is working overtime. And, of course, CM Punk is already in AEW. Uh, Punk in Milwaukee greatly hinted at the fact that Daniel Bryan could be coming to AEW. Uh, Just be patient. Those are his words. There's also rumors that uh, Bray Wyatt could be coming to AEW. There's rumors that Adam Cole could be coming to AEW sooner than later because I believe his contract officially expires tomorrow. If these any of these rumors are true, if so, let's assume that they are true, and they're all ready to go and they're all available whenever they're available. If you're AEW, Hmm. who do you sign? And let's just say that you can only sign one of them. Who do you give the contract
0: to? Oh, I mean, I don't know. This is this is kind of hard. I mean, I to me, I say Adam Cole because. You you have him there, and the significant others there, and then got a happy family under contract.
2: <laughs> what? You, Cody Christ ain't gonna like that. Oh, not <laughs> at all. A competition for him and Brandy.
0: Not at all. So, not at so all. You're, so you're, you're, trying trying
1: you're not get, watching. You're not watching Cold to the Top.
2: I, exactly. <laughs> you trying to get them a reality show?
0: Cold World. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we trying to
2: get the behind the scenes at the dentist's office and all this. So, I mean, gonna make the receptionist a character.
0: Only issue with that is that uh, Adam Cole. I mean, if the rumors is true, how much he was offered, regardless of rumors or not, that that price is attached to you. So they're gonna have to cough up a pretty penny to get this guy. But also, whatever you do, if he if he decides to take a a, a, a meeting, whatever happens, he's going home to pillow talk, and that mm-hmm. also determines what happens to the future of your champion in that division because. She's gonna be like, oh, so they didn't want to give you that? Okay, well, we'll we'll see if, you know when when my time is up, which should be what next year, because if Jericho's Probably, contract yeah. is coming up, yeah, if Jericho's contract's coming up, as they're saying that yeah, hers and everybody people, uh, coming up early next year, the original uh, people of be comp- yeah, and you be you know they're at the start. Yeah. I mean, just because they're getting contracts don't mean things ain't still like the Indies. When people say, well, what was your rate? How much they paid you? Oh, they only gave me this. okay, we'll we'll see what happens next time. You know, so, you know, regardless of these people have professional representation, it's easy to sit here and add and subtract to saying like, well, WWE is going to give you this. They don't want to give you that. Uh, Okay, so what? They don't value you. Okay, cool. So we'll see how they treat me. So it's it's a tough situation with Adam Cole. But I will say, money aside, Adam Cole being on that roster works um, because he is completely over. He's with a significant other, so he'll be happy. He'll get to create some content. There's a lot of backstory for a lot of people on the roster. And you're bringing a heel. You're bringing a heel, finally. Uh, Like a heel that ain't goofy. You'll have a real heel. Not the Young Bucks, Kenny stuff. Who who, who else is heels? Oh, uh, Will's favorite guy. 10 guy um um <laughs> Jamal's favorite guy Marshall um and them uh, oh, hey, Q-T. Hey, hey, hey
1: you put some respect in that man's name
0: and <laughs> I, I I guess the the um the Hardy family are heels too <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: I don't see one legit heel besides Miro
1: that's
0: the only guy that's the heel heel well, no, Miro
1: and Hobbs are like the only actual bona fide heroes in the in the conference.
0: Hobbs is like a contract killer to me. So, like, he doesn't even give me heal, bad guy, anything. He's like a, hey, bro, you mess around. I'm going to press this L2 button and Juggernaut's going to come out for an assist. So,
2: for me, this is an easy pick em. Of those three, it's Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson returning with final countdown all the way. You get Daniel Bryan. You can plug him in anywhere on the damn show. He could be a heel. He could be a face. You could do whatever you want with him. But I would say you get Daniel Bryan's farewell one, run, and I, I I wouldn't even blink. That's exact of the three. It's him, for me, no doubt. That I don't even Bray Wyatt. I have no interest in seeing, an Adam Cole. I'm at the point with him now where I'm just like I don't, I don't even really care where he goes. He's just kind of there. I I got I, gotta, I need a reason to care about Adam Cole right now, regardless of where he goes. Because right now he's just a guy. I'm I have just I'm not compelled by him. Also because in you're not either com-
0: place. Yeah, because you're not compelled with Colorado either. Either, so you don't like the whole program going down. So that <laughs> it's hard it's hard to invest. I mean, I don't want to see the Jets versus well maybe the dog. Daw- really honestly no, but like <laughs> who cares? Yes, I get their teams out there, but who cares? Real quickly, I will note that Bray Wyatt has a Funko Pop coming out. The the uh yes. the fiend. I don't know what to make of that. I, I,
1: WWE I... has a Funko Pop called the Fiend comes out. All
0: right, Jamal, you're up. It's true, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, very yeah, true. Bray
1: Wyatt doesn't have a goddamn thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, Jamal, uh, who yeah, you for got? Me, for
1: me, it's uh, uh Adam Cole, no question. For the same reasons that Will feels about Daniel Bryan. Uh, I really don't care. Not really invested. wasn't invested with him in WWE. He's just a guy. And since this is going to be the back half of his career, like you know, his all year before farewell one, why would you sign an old veteran uh, for TV when you're only going to get a year or two out of him? Okay, fine, maybe five, but it, you know, it's a long, it's a longer term investment with a guy like Adam Cole. And I really don't give a shit about uh, Bray Wyatt, who will have to be something else wherever he goes because WWE. Right. Owns that name for it, for all of time, so eh, yeah, uh, Adam Cole is is clearly a no brainer. Um, but honestly, I really think that this is Impact's um, thing to move loose. It, it may sound silly, but if if Impact were to make a move in any in forever, no matter what they do, if Adam Cole is in play, Impact needs to move heaven and earth to get him.
0: I I would argue that Daniel Bryan is your guy here. I'm I'm really, really, like, stuck on this. Like, Daniel Bryan to impact makes so much sense to me.
1: It, it does. It does. But but nobody needs to get older. They have old guys already. I can't think of a, sing- a single sports team that's like, yeah, we should get older. Uh, and Adam Cole will give you a lot more value than Daniel Bryan will. I can't say that Brian meshes the best with the Impact roster. He can work anybody, but I don't know if him being on that roster is like the best fit over AEW. If it's between the two, if I were Brian, I would choose AEW. Yeah. But Impact themselves, they need to be on the ground floor in whatever these conversations are. And if it's Bray and Rosemary, or you know, or whatever, cool. If it's you know Adam Cole coming in and starting the new thing, and if you remove immediately. Cool. If it's Daniel Bryan just being there and bringing eyes to the product, cool. Um, so they really can't lose. The only way they can lose is they do nothing. They cannot afford to sit on their hands on this. Fuck the Forbidden Door. Fuck AEW. Uh, fuck what you heard. They need to. It, it is not, it's a non starter. They need to get in on this immediately.
0: I, so. Really quickly, since you know we made our claim. So, what AEW should do. So, and Bryan going to a uh to Impact, as I've been saying on my weekly Impact review, is that it's 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 the Marty Scroll deal. You let him work, but you give him all of the creative freedom to do scouting, talent relations, uh, all of that. All of that. You give him the Marty Scroll deal, you have him be a beacon for people to walk through that door. You have him there and available to work when he wanna work all the forbidden door stuff that apparently people f- tend to forget that impact does because that it's not labeling it a gimmick and you allow him to do everything. And then there's one super interesting thing about going to impact. Impact's not going to pay him. Anthem is guaranteed check. That money is coming in strong. And that margin could get as big as they want it to get. If they make the right pitch towards Anthem as to why they need this guy, it's the same way they gave Marty scroll that impossible, uh, uh, check. But He's Sinclair like, money
2: came out. Yeah, Sinclair
0: yeah. money. He's like, wait, how the yeah. fuck is ROH <laughs> p- giving? What? <laughs> oh, Sinclair. Oh, uh, okay. So I just think that Daniel Bryan going there to work in what capacity he wants to work, but that stage is where it's key. It's it's the Maria canellis to ROH. It is what Marty Scroll was to ROH. It is what Mickey Gresham. James is to Day. It's what Gresham is to ROH. It's, it's that type of person that Tommy Dreamer fills those shoes right now. Upgrade that. Up, upgrade that. Like, there you're Brian, right there. Mm. Upgrade that. Now, Bray Wyatt. I like Bray Wyatt to Impact because you know why? Because I love what Impact allows for um, Sammy Callahan to do. And Sammy, who I've talked to, have said that whatever creative ideas that he gets with videos, switching to gimmicks and whatnot, they completely embrace. They allow him to be the artist he is. Well, okay, everybody's talking about giving people creative freedom. That's that's That seems to be a tentative thing that happens. But but what he does on Impact, no one's sitting around like, I don't like that or that's not going to get me over or whatever it may be. You get Bray Wyatt the same thing. I'm pretty sure him and Sammy Callahan could do something interesting. This this dude, Madman Fulton on that roster that I love the matching with him and Bray Wyatt. And then you obviously have the decay there. This is a lot of people who fit the aesthetic of what Bray Wyatt is. Oh, and by the way, Bray Wyatt's wife, JoJo. I'm sure she can use a job. Impact can use somebody like her on that roster as well, too. So it just you know, much like Jamal said, this is impacts. This is this is this is what the Lakers were. What was it like ten years ago when they completely cleared their roster to try to make every play in the free agency, and they ended up not getting hardly anybody and it just you know it was just bad it's like the carl malone years the carl malone and uh yeah. gary payton yeah yeah, for sure. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah folks that was the thing <laughs> so all right well so what would you do with the other two then
2: i totally agree bray wyatt if he's going anywhere send him to Impact. Just seeing what they've done with, like, Rosemary and her kind of mystical, spooky stuff. If if he's still going to do the same type of thing, if his whole idea is, like, well, I'm going to try to reinvent the fiend, but not trip up any copyright trademark shit. And, like, you know, who knows if he's that. going to completely. Yeah, I mean, he's going to have to. I mean, that's the thing. like you said earlier, crap, no matter where he goes, he has he has to completely reinvent himself name and everything. So. Yeah. Dep- if he's still trying to do something spooky or horror based, I have the best hope for that at Impact of the three.
0: Yep, Sue Young is the Adam rec- you know? like,
2: And Adam Cole, I'm just like whatever. He can he he can honestly. I'm I'm not excited about him anywhere right now. I gotta <laughs> he has to show up somewhere and give me a reason to get excited.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fair enough.
0: Fair
1: yeah. Enough. Uh, and I also do think that Impact's a lot more cinematic than the other. Yeah. Uh, you know shows and. You know, the, a lot of pre tape stuff, a lot of, you know, graphics and special effects and stuff like that. So, um, it, it's it's the closest thing that you'll get. It's 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 that one drop of Lucha Underground that yeah. you know, they try to they try to throw in there. So
0: I um I also love that Bray Wyatt doing the game in an impact and then going somewhere else on, on the days he's not taped as something else.
1: Right. Right. I mean and- you say that, that he won't just work impact and then show up wherever you need to show up. Because as we've seen, they definitely can make moves, even though they just need to be in Nashville for a show.
0: And to talk about his mental health, AEW may not be the best place for him because that could be potentially triggering to him. And also that commitment and travel and, and dates could be, you know, problematic for him. You work Impact, you can work anywhere else, take breaks, vacation. You know, I've seen Deonna Prazo on two places at the same time <laughs> because that's just how the magic works in, in the Impact Zone. And, you know, maybe that's what he needs, you know. Or right. as we said, back to WWE. Once you finish, once these uh, checks finish clearing from his uh, from his, uh, what, what do you call it? His um, not complete call. So. All right, All right Jamal, All it's right. time cool. for you to shine.
1: Yep. So news, just so you know, um, it is a busy week this weekend. And the first thing that we haven't really touched on a lot is, is the NWA. They have their pay-per-view two pay-per-views. Number one would be empower. Uh, Number two would be the 73rd anniversary show. Empower is the women's all women's pay-per-view. And that features Camille versus Layla Hirsch uh, for the NWA championship, a women's championship. Uh, you have a uh, the finals the semifinals of the NWA Tag team uh, tournament uh, Deanna Parrazzo versus Molina for the impact knockout champion uh, an invitational gauntlet, uh, an interpromotional triple threat for, with uh, Chick Domento from AAA Diamante and uh, Cali Ray if she shows up for it uh, you know it will be very interesting Sky Blue versus Christy James was just announced uh, very recently earlier tonight so impact, doing a thing over the weekend that you might want to, you know, get in on. Uh, and it's going to be held in St. Louis. I believe both shows are sold out, but the regular show would be, it's going to feature Mickey James versus Cali Ray for the 73rd anniversary show. Um, whoever the women's champion is would be facing the invitational cup gauntlet winner, uh, Nick Aldis championship versus career and the Career is of Trevor Murdoch. I don't know if that match is legal because you would have to have a career if you Trevor Murdoch to get it, give it up, but I guess that's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it's going to be uh, a decent show for the 73rd anniversary, it's going to be an interesting show for the women's show in power. Uh, I like it. Uh, good, good on you, NWA, for finally doing a thing that people are, that people should be interested in. Uh, people speaking of people of interest, Nicole Savoy. She's going to be making her MLW debut in October on the second at the 2300 Arena, also known as the ECW Arena in South Philly. If you haven't seen her, uh, do look her up in Shimmer. Uh, she's just she she's briefly made it in uh, in AEW for a little bit, but yeah, uh, Nicole, Nicole Savoy is legit. Happy to know that she's you know doing a thing on a more consistent basis on TV. So MLW is where you need to see her for that. Uh, fangin and bangin yes that is the name of a podcast hosted by gang
0: I knew it I knew it
1: Why (laughs) wouldn't it be called fangin and bangin but since that is that is the name of his podcast and he talked about on his latest episode about how he was supposed to be on a plane to Milwaukee what AEW decided to scrap plans for his um, involvement on dynamite in Milwaukee because of uh, Edge using the Brood entrance, didn't really want to, didn't really want to do that considering how that went down at SummerSlam. So they said, "Hey, don't this sounds on. like
0: this sounds like podcast bait right here. <laughs> this, well, he, so- this sounds like one of your uncle's story when it's like you know back in the day I I, I, I saw that Muhammad Ali guy I I, t- I roughed him up a little." Like, okay.
1: <laughs> well, if the podcast is called Fangin' and Bangin', then you would take that for what it's worth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of Fangin' and Bangin', the Jericho Cruise is going to happen in October.
0: That's, oh, uh, boy.
1: The 20- yeah, exactly. The, the 21st through the 25th, uh, if you have not gotten tickets for the cruise, they are actually still available. How do, Shocker, I, I, how do I get a very... Go ahead.
0: How do, I, how do I get a, a variant cabin in there? How much that cost?
1: Well, the Delta cabins going to run you a little bit more. <laughs> uh, but if, you regu- if you want the regular COVID cabin, yeah, you know, we're talking uh, per person around $1,500. Uh, and of course, the more people in your state room, you can split that evenly. So if you're bringing five dudes, because it's a wrestling cruise. There aren't any of so them. So on this Sausage Fest that is the Jericho Cruise, um <laughs> You know, you can get in for 500 if you want to bring five dudes with you. Uh, but if you want the Delta suite, <laughs> it will cost you a lot more. I think those are running for around $2,500 a person. Uh, $2,500 for a single occupant, but less as you go on. Uh, Britt Baker, Orange Cassidy, Frankie Gazzara, and Christopher Daniels, Coca Bana are announced. Uh, he's going to have, you know, of course, his podcast is still live. He's going to have... Is uh, you know is Van Fozzie is going to be playing there, so uh, a lot of goodness on the Jericho cruise, which is being hosted by Norwegian Cruise Lines. Uh, it's the Norwegian gym, I believe, is the name of the ship. So uh, leaving from Miami, going to the Bahamas and back to Miami. It's a four-day cruise. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> if yeah, speaking of Jericho, uh, he's having a, a special stipulation in his match all out. If he loses versus MJF, he retires. I don't know why that wasn't just the fifth trial and their never-ending saga. Gotta
2: run it back on pay-per-view. But yeah,
1: congratulations, overtime.
0: It is exactly what what I'm talking about when it comes down to signing people. Jericho has a seat at the table, and this is all part of what he wants to do, booking and his great ideas and whatnot. And this is where things are going to start clashing going forward, where it's going to be like, well, you know, I kind of want to do this, you know, and, and and people are going to flex their power. And you're going to have things like this where it doesn't make sense that this is happening. But why would he not insert himself in in, in, a, in a picture like this? Because he yeah, can no, do I, it.
1: I know. I, I do think that the AEW writing room is basically like those classic newsrooms that you see where it's just like, what do you got? And what do you yep. got? And what do you Yeah, yep. okay, print it, print it, print it.
2: Yeah.
1: Yep. You know, it's and the end of TMZ.
2: We, <laughs> yeah, and, and, Going and we'll,
1: around the room. We'll get a uh exactly, exactly. A bullpen is what it's called in the newsroom. Yeah. Um, there you so go. they go around the bullpen, they pitch all of their ideas, and then somehow we get QT Marshall versus versus Paul White. Somehow we get Jericho versus MJF for the sixth time. You know? <laughs> Uh, sometimes Billy Gunn on
2: dynamite running wild.
1: Somehow we get Billy Dunn and his damn kids, uh, versus that same QT Marshall. So oh. yeah, that's, we'll have to discuss that on a different day. I saw an article <laughs> earlier. It's the wrong time for AEW to be born. God damn right. It is. Uh, going into a pay-per-view. It's going to be interesting, but we talked about Jericho and his contract is going to be, uh, up sometime early next year. And because he did sign that three-year deal and AEW was founded in January. So mm-hmm. January 2019. He yeah, the only 2022 one. 2022 is coming. And a lot of people at that press conference at MGM, uh, when they were doing bumps in the pool, you got to think a lot of those three-year deals will be expiring first quarter of 2021. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what about Jericho's retirement, potential retirement and all out? He said on a, a Pittsburgh radio show when they were out there a couple weeks ago, as far as retirement goes, I'm not the type of guy, I don't care about the type of stuff. So when I have my mat last match, you might not even know it. It just depends. As long as I can continue to perform at the highest levels, the highest levels uh, that I feel that I can, then I'll keep going. And when I feel that I can't, then I'll step aside. And when that is, who knows? And who's going to be against it? Like I said, it all depends on where we're at at the time, which makes me think that Jericho not only will not lose on a come all out. I do think that when he, because he's planning for his retirement, it's going to be a lot more of a special thing where it's just like, okay, I think we're done here, and he's probably going to wrestle like Tatsumi Fujinami or Lance Storm or hell, maybe even Don Callis or somebody like that, just somebody that means something special to him. And the reason why I say that is because when he had his 30th anniversary match on Dynamite, it was versus Luther for no reason, except there's a 30-year history there. It's his best friend. It's a lot of contact. Right. So, so if you just watch him. that match. Exactly. So if wait, well I mean to be fair, it was his wrestling birthday and he turned 30. That's a big deal and he and he worked his best friend. I can understand the methodology behind it, but if you're just watching Dynamite on a on a random day, you go, depending on how old you are, you go, Oh shit, Luther's that dead? Or you go, who the fuck is that? And why is he fighting Fat Jericho? <laughs>
0: <laughs> well well i will also say that uh number one is amazing at, at any type of pr work he just seems to always say the right thing uh majority of the time i gotta be a little bit <laughs> i got real bad that was 100 certain thoughts on january
1: 6th I dare you. oh 100, 100 yeah yeah <laughs> yeah
2: exactly
0: <laughs> Exactly. Ask him
2: where his wife was and what Is, she was up to. It, and all oh, exactly. Like that and stuff.
0: Oh, oh no, there's some and there's some that there's some other things too, but like oh, yeah.
2: Right quick, yeah. right quick, right quick. Big shout out to the fan last night at Dynamite who had the big pro vaccination sign they held up when Jericho hit the ring. Yeah. Nice touch. <laughs> I like I like that one.
0: But I won't be surprised if, you know, Jericho goes back to his guy, Vince, who he says they are friends mm-hmm. still in business is business. I'm pretty sure Vince looks at Jericho and says, I see a lot of you in me because some of the, the maneuvers and stuff he makes, it makes it. To that point, I wouldn't be surprised if Jericho ends up becoming like Jeff Jarrett, and he just somehow comes back and he just, you know, ends up getting some sort of uh, office uh, job. But he gets a Hall few... of
2: Fame induction and an agent job, just like yep. Double J.
0: Yep. Yep. And and and, and hell, next thing know, they might start counting all his title runs and he ends up with with 10 10 ish all of a sudden. So, you know, uh, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes back to WWE at some point. Uh
1: speaking of WWE, WWE two K twenty two, uh the most Who? anticipated what? game of the year. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it it is it is, and it's supposed to come out next year. So, two K twenty two is actually going to be re- released in twenty twenty two, and of course, there's been talk about the strained relationship between two um, K Sports and WWE. The strained relationship between developers and and, and that team, and what WWE wants, and so much strained that, well, the executive producer of 2K22 took Twitter and he said earlier today, just reassuring everyone that we're, not, that we're going to continue to support online services 2K20 <laughs> and 2K... um 19. 2K20 and 2K19 through the WWE 2K22 release in March.
0: <laughs> cool. Uh,
1: the mod player pay-per-view tower and road to glory in 2K20 will sunset September 26th and then gave messaging is automated and may be incorrect. So... They can't not, I mean, they're trying to outbosh themselves, but they can't help but fuck it up on the way out into the new thing. So if, you're, if you've are if pre-ordered 2K22, no, good good for you.
0: Yeah.
2: Something
1: else.
0: I don't know, man. Pre
2: order to another game. Yeah. This is,
0: this is feeling really reminiscent of, uh, of, of this game right here where there was a a lot of expectations and then that thing glitched out of the world and people was like, I'm, I'm going to sit that down for a while. (laughs) Did y'all see the dust flower for miles when I picked it up?
1: (laughs) I I thought that was magic. It was, it didn't look like dust to me.
0: Folks, that was Cyberpunk too. Who's who's listening back to us? Yeah, that that game Cyberpunk. They had an update so, the other day, but who the fuck cares? Right. Um. So,
1: uh, speaking of uh, real quick, Brock Lesnar, he uh, is back in WWE. The rumor is is that he signed a uh, a contract that should last through the middle of 2023. So thereabouts 18 months or so, um, working a handful of matches, uh, somewhere between eight and ten. So, yeah, I'm good on them. Brock's always a draw for them. You know, it's not a problem. So we talked about the Jericho Cruise and how that's going to be happening October 21st through the 25th. Well, don't they normally tape a dynamite on the Jericho Cruise? They did last time. Well, that could be interesting because on October 23rd, which is a Saturday, they're going to be in Orlando for the first time at the University of Central Florida. It's going to be interesting to know what the hell is going to happen If you have the Jericho Cruz happening uh, to the roster, what's going to happen to the roster? Are they going to split them? Are they going to bring in some some more dark talent? But what would they look like as Dynamite has their show? uh, And then, of course, the Darks and the Rampages and all of that. And the Jericho Cruz is off the coast of Miami at that point, uh, barreling out of control into the Bahamas. Uh, Really interested to see what happens. Tickets go on sale for Orlando AEW uh, this Friday, tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Uh, 7 a.m. Pacific, if you're flying out, you have to go get it. But it will be interesting to see how that looks. Uh, that also, uh, that is a Saturday night. It's October 23rd of Saturday night, which means Saturday Night Dynamite. Why? The NHL. Uh, TNT paid a lot of money for the NHL, and that's what they're going <laughs> to debut on October 13th, a Wednesday. So that's also going <laughs> to happen uh, in Miami, on uh, October the 15th and 16th, Rampage will be live in Miami. Dynamite will be live in Miami Friday and Saturday night. Tickets go on sale tomorrow as well on Ticketmaster. I believe they're at the Knight Center, which was their first show out of Daly's place back in, I want to say, July. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Saturday Night Dynamite, how the NHL will affect them since the TNT is doing sports all year long now. Um, the Jericho Cruise, you know, will have you know, how many of the roster will be there. We know Jericho's going to be there, so he's not going to be on Dynamite. Uh, a lot of these things are interesting. And if he's on the Jericho Cruise, why would he lose to MJF?
2: <laughs> we, pl- I'm torn on this one because I don't care about seeing Jericho wrestle these days, but I also don't need him screaming on commentary like he was on the Rampage debut either.
1: Right. Well, I really think that his <laughs> IFB was broken and he really couldn't hear himself. We can hope. We can hope. I'm willing to give him the benefit. Otherwise, yeah, he's tone deaf at this point.
0: And Um, also, too, the 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 AEW commentary teams are starting to get really quirky now. Like, I'm I can I can do without the Mad King being on there. Paul White, I I I don't know. I think
1: that you know, with elevation, um, and we can talk about this at a later date. But I like I don't mind Paul White on commentary. Uh, I think it took him a little bit to find his footing. And I think yeah. he works well with Tony. Like Tony Schiavone is a good play-by-play guy. Yeah. He's not a good color guy. He doesn't know what he's really looking at half the time. But Paul White can give you a bit more insight. Okay, cool. Can, I'm okay with that.
0: Yeah. Um, now, anybody to else to that category? party? Cool. I like that too, uh, y'all. The
1: Dynamite uh, group? Uh, cool. The 19-man booth on Rampage? That's nope. still a work in progress. I think they should have figured that shit out before they went to air. But, you know, it, it, they're, running they're, at, they're, they're throwing they're running it the there like
0: an Indies. Yeah, they're just yeah, running it like an Indies. Like, hey, you want to get on? Cool. get, Gotcha. Get, get in there. Right.
1: right. Also, uh, speaking of commentary, sign Veda Scott. Like, just cut the bullshit right now. Just San Veda Scott. You know she's good. Bring her in. Um, so, there's a bunch of, obviously, there's a bunch of wrestling happening over the weekend. Uh, Defy, big promotion out of Seattle. They're having a, a show uh, tomorrow and Saturday. Leviathan. It's going to be you know pretty interesting big deal out there in, in Seattle. Uh, H2O is in South Jersey. Uh, you have NWA, of course, in St. Louis. Uh, that's going to happen um, Friday and Saturday. Um, ICW is outside of Milwaukee and Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, Raw is in Oklahoma City, which I don't know. I mean, I saw tickets for Tulsa. They weren't looking too hot. Uh, But, yeah, it's a lot of wrestling happening over the weekend. AIW's outside of Cleveland with Russell Rager. It's really too much to keep track of, but (laughs) that's what we're here for. That's what I'm going to do for you, and that's the news for this week.
0: (laughs) Uh, Really quick, I'm going to say, going back to the Daniel Bryan thing, being on Impact, um, Ace Austin, somebody who I believe I said in the beginning of the year was somebody to keep eye out for, Uh, He's getting ready to, you know, go up against Christian at some point for the Impact Championship. Um, He's facing Tommy Dreamer next week. See, this is the thing where I'm talking about with, like, upgrade Tommy, put in Daniel Bryan. I will absolutely buy into a, a Daniel Bryan versus Ace Austin match. And I feel like the way they use Tommy in ring is easily something that could work with uh, Daniel Bryan. I mean, you're bringing the people like Kojima in here and, and other and other legends from um, New Japan and then, you know, let's get that ROH thing kind of rocking a little bit. You know, the ROH, I hear trolling sending out tweets talking about <laughs> who should they work with and then Joe Key <laughs> talk about, what well, use your own damn talent first. <laughs> That's so funny, but but yeah folks i know we did a little bit of a long episode today so we appreciate everybody tuning in we're back each and every thursday folks 8 p.m eastern standard time podcast releases the following day on all audio platforms twitter at bgb group website biggobelt.com um definitely if you're listening to us live don't be shy jump in the chat let us know talk with us give us your inputs on our discussions um But, yeah, until then, until next Thursday, folks, y'all be safe, mask up, uh, and, um, you know, if you're going to cry for CM Punk, you know, at least have your Twitter handle uh, accessible so you can wreak all your benefits. (laughs) 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 All right, folks, that'll do it. We'll catch you next week.